0: Right, so Welcome back to the Malafa podcast week two We've got some um, games to discuss this week I'm joined as ever by um, Matthew Willie Wilson G'day everyone And I'm also joined by our first guest um, Michael Roberts, otherwise known as the king in the B-League Not the king of the B-League, the king in the B-League uh, Kia ora e te uh, Malafa whanau um, Yeah, good to be here uh, and Robbo just reminding us all that here in New Zealand it's Māori language week. So um, he's probably the most qualified to to drop, drop into New Zealand's second official language. So we'll be leaning on you heavily for that, Robbo. Um, so um, so for this week, we are going to give you a bit of a roundup on how things stand in Moaifa land. So um, we'll start off with um, Willie with a bit of a Super League roundup. Yeah, so
1: yeah, uh, Super League got off with a bang uh, on the weekend, week one. Um, it's very notable results uh, across the division. Um, I think I think the first one that stands out was uh, Jason Carpenter, who was uh, who was obviously our minor premiers last season. He was up against Tom Nielsen, our defending champions, and absolutely pummeled him, seventy-seven to thirty-two. So Jason's got off to a flyer against the defending and champions. So uh, I think. I think Tom Nelson go back to the drawing board, but I think picking Mane was probably his issue uh, in week one instead of Sulla, um, and he acknowledged that on the page, uh, which people will have seen there. Um, uh, as I said in the in the update, uh, there was notable. Notable wins for Dan Parker as well against Jono O'Pierce. He's back in the Super League, and Jono uh, yeah, was, was taught a lesson in week one. So um, he's going to have to go back to that drawing board and see what he can do to try and get some points on the board in his first weeks back in the Super League. Um, a, a, a game I'll mention is, is Marcus against Rob Farmer. That finished 84 80 to uh, Rob. So, very high scoring game, and as is the cool nature of the Super League. You can score 80 points and lose, which is uh, heartbreaking, but it is what it is. Um, another, another similar result was Grant Rewi, uh and Scotty Martin, 76-74 to Grant Rewi, So a tight battle there. Uh, and Austin um, is the man at the top of the league with 89 points in his first week. Good first week from him, Jamie Vardy, two goals, he captained him. Um, and he beat Tim Root, who I think we all appreciate is going to be um, up there as one of the favourites this year So Austin will be pleased to get a win there um, So that's yeah, that's us for week one
0: Nice, so um, just personally, I had a bit of a fucking chocker But it's <laughs> alright, that's alright right. <laughs>
2: um,
0: No panic stations yet um, I've been in a deeper hole and managed to claw myself out of it So we're all calm here um, Joined in that shocker, obviously, by John Pearson, defending champion, um, Tom Nielsen. So, I'll take some consolation that two of uh, our two Mafia champions from last season are down there with me. So, maybe actually, we're the ones who are winning, and you guys are all losers. It's a long
1: season still. <laughs> <A> long season.
0: <laughs> um, so, now we move on to the B League roundup with um, Michael Roberts. So, just a rundown on what happened last week, Robbo. Uh well, so let's see.
2: Um, so opening week with the B League, um we had ten fixtures, um ten teams won, ten teams <laughs> lost. Um, no, yeah That's it, um, that's, it. <laughs> that's it. Um so no, I think um big winners um early on were um Diggy Norman in his first MIFA game, um very Spursy, um, got eighty three points and got up over um Mike Garnett, perennial loser. Um <laughs> see Gannett. Um not yeah, aside from him, that. Really, um yeah, really good start for um Jesse Farmer and what a moment FC. Um they um, got up seventy nine, seventy four over Callum Campbell and Monreeki Town. So um Callum will probably consider himself um, quite hard done by. So seventy four points was actually the third highest score in the B League this week and yet um still lost. So Really tough start um, down here for CC. Um yeah, aside from that, um other teams that got off to winning starts, um, Chris Cowman and Better Town, um, Adam Hughes and Old Whitby FC, uh, Tom Hill and Shabba Rovers, um, and Matt Ryan and the Harcourt Honey Badgers. Um yes, so I thought what I would do um this week, so since I guess I'm here is King of the B League, um, might just <laughs> oh, king in look the look B League,
0: king in the B
2: League, <laughs> um, king in the B League. Then um, thought I'd just um, yeah have a look into some of those some of those B League teams um, and see kind of what was going on um, behind the scenes. So we're happy to get into that. Um, yeah, I've actually done done a bit of analysis of um, the ten highest scoring teams in the B League um, this last week or this first week, should I say? Um, conveniently, the cutoff um, was at um, 60 points for those teams. So these teams all scored 60 points and above. Um, so I've went through, I've had a look through um, just to see if there's any kind of common features. And the other thing that I've looked into is um, how many of those teams have players that um, didn't play that first week or. When I say didn't play, um, I've kind of classified it as got 30 minutes or less on the pitch. So I think like a big part of, I guess, getting that team at the start of the season right is like making sure that you're picking guys that are actually going to play. So there's always like a bit of um, uncertainty about how these teams are going to line up. And when you're picking your fantasy team, you want to make sure you've got guys that are actually um, getting like 60 minutes or 90 minutes. Every week to give yourself the best chance of, of points. Um, and so I'll just get into that, and maybe that'll kind of um, open our eyes as to whether this, like, first, these first week results are going to be maybe a bit of a flash in the pan, or whether these teams can perhaps um, be consistent enough to stick it out um, with the B League in the coming weeks. Um, so, um, first thing I need to point out uh, with all of these teams that scored the um, 10 highest amount of points, do you guys, do you guys want to have a guess? What are they?
0: They've all got Salah,
2: yeah. So, <laughs> all 10 teams had Marisala. Um, six of those 10 teams had him as captain. Shit. Um, so I mean, what I'm telling myself is so i um Captain Bar Captain Mane, of course. So, um, what I'm telling myself is Uh, If I picked Salah and Captain Instead, that's a 36-point swing. and I would have got 81 this week, and I'd be fucking sitting pretty. So, um, (laughs) so, yeah. Um, Common denominator there. Um, Yeah, most of these guys, Captain Salah, picked up lots of points. Um, But, yeah. So, just go through each of those one by one, um, and talk you through how many of the players in those squads played less than 30 minutes. Um, And so... Discounting um, obviously the selections from the teams that didn't play, so Man United, Man City, um, Aston Villa, and Burnley, given them I guess benefit of the doubt, like acknowledging that those guys probably those guys weren't playing game week one and you've picked them nonetheless, that's fine. But who are the guys that they kind of expected to play but didn't? Um, so starting off, um, Diggy Norman and Vieri Spursy, 83 points. Um, only one guy that didn't play more than 30 minutes, so good from him. Um, Jesse Farmer and What A Moment FC three guys that didn't play more than 30 minutes. Um, Chris Cowan and Battersea Town, one guy. Um, Adam Hughes, and old whip BFC, four players who didn't play more than 30 minutes. Um, Tom Hill and Shabarovas, three players. Uh, Matt Ryan Harcourt's Honey Badgers, five players that didn't play <laughs> 30 minutes or more. So, we'll come back to that and see <laughs> what the implications are. Um, ben Inks. Does Invincibles, um, four guys who didn't play more than 30 minutes. Um, Andy Hazen, the Yoli FC, three guys. Uh, Callum Campbell's Mangareki Town, um, two players. And Tobias Odding's Lamageddon FC, uh, four players who didn't play more than 30 minutes. So, I guess in terms of like implications for that, um, the way that I feel about it is if you've got a lot of guys who aren't playing at this early stage, unless you're expecting them to like, come into the first 11 of these of these teams that are playing, um, you've kind of got to look to make some changes. So the guys that are, like, if you're going to have a lot of guys that aren't playing or aren't playing much every week, then that's really, like, an impetus for um, for making some transfers. But then in terms of this week, like, how does that place you when you maybe should be looking to get in Man City or Man United assets? Like, what do you prioritize with your transfers? Um, where do you go from there? So, um, yeah, some of those guys with those higher non playing numbers. So um, maybe Adam, Matt Ryan, Ben, Tobias, like kind of looking, look, I'll look on with interest of their squads and see whether they can, um, I guess, continue the good scores over the coming weeks, given the position they're in
1: now. Yeah, um, that's, uh,
0: yeah, go to you first,
1: Willie. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, when you first started, talking about how many plays these guys only had play 30 or less. You, the score's not bad. I mean, they're all 60, 60-plus. 60 I mean, generally, I feel if you're scoring 60-plus in a week, it's, it's above average. Anything below 60, yeah, maybe not so much. Um, but we've got to remember that, for was it six out of 10 of those guys? They captain Sulla, So okay. that's 40 of your, your points right there. Anyway, so how many of their players in their squad actually got attacking returns or clean sheets? So, um, yeah, I think those teams, they've done well in week one, but that's where I guess the element of luck, the luck side of fantasy football comes into play a little bit. I think there's some surgery needed there from those those guys because it, it's not going to be like that every week. I mean, Salah's not going to do that every week as, as much as he's a fantastic player, Um and he has great underlying stats and generally delivers. Um, I mean, Liverpool go to Chelsea this week, right? So, which we're going to talk about later, but um, yeah, I suppose that's my, my initial thoughts. So there's a bit of surgery needed. They probably need to, unfortunately, and this is the way I would look at it if I was in this position, is I don't want to use my transfers on my fringe players. You want to be trying to use your your transfers on maybe juggling those premiums. So with those guys in that position, they may over the next few weeks, they're either going to have to get their premiums bang on that drag them through, or they're going to have to start using some transfers on some of those fringe players that aren't playing or starting to kind of top them up a little bit, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think one of the other things that shows, and if you read anything on um, fantasy football, all those big guys all also talk about how it boils down to captaincy choice. And I think what, what that shows is you can get away with only having sort of six of your, well, more than that. So what you get for 15 players, so 10 of your 15 having good minutes because you've actually picked the right captain for the week. So I think that goes to your luck thing, but it's also making sure you've got those premium guys in your team that will um, will give you big returns with that C next to their
1: name. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those guys essentially in week one have done well because they picked the right captain, but that's not going to be the case every week, and that's where they're going to have to have those fringe guys, those four or five fringe guys in their starting eleven, you know, making up that difference on in the bad weeks. Um, yeah.
0: And I guess um I guess we'll just quickly come to you, Rob, on the back of your week. You've done um if you don't mind me saying it on this podcast, you've done it's almost a nuclear option and dropped the old wild card. Um early wild card, and I think we'll see a lot of early wild cards this season. Um just don't need to tell us what you're what you're doing with your team, but just sort of your, your motivation for doing that. Um Okay. Yeah, thanks,
2: mate. Um, I Yeah, like I guess it's never the intention um, to play an early wild card. Um, but um, if I was going to be honest with myself, I probably didn't put um, enough effort into thinking about my team prior to game week one. Um, so it was quite a scratch team put together to start with. And I think um, this season, maybe more than other seasons, um, with the fact that you didn't have um, Man United or Man City playing in that first game week, um, and so you're potentially looking to pivot quite a bit between game week one and game week two. Anyway, um, I think that maybe provides like more justification um, for playing that wild card. I think that plus, because I've obviously rationalised this in my head a lot, um, the I guess the truncated preseason um, that these teams have had. Plus, like the ongoing transfer window, um, maybe means that you don't, like, or at least for me, um, you don't, didn't really have like a really clear sense about how some of these teams were going to line up um, with their new signings. And so I think having that like first game week to kind of have a look at that and see like who's playing where, um, what's going on with those teams, um, maybe feel a lot more confident about, you know, selections after that. And maybe that's going to put me in a better position, rather than I've selected my game week one team. I'm committed to like seeing how it goes for like four or five weeks, and then you maybe end up with some like lost time there. Where if you just like moved a little bit earlier, um, you perhaps like are making some more gains. But anyway, that's that's how I've rationalised it for myself. Um, Probably extremely unconvincing,
0: uh, but I guess we'll just have to um, see how the cookie crumbles over the next few weeks. So, yeah, so I guess um, moving on on the subject of wild cards quickly. Um, your first wild card only runs through to week 16 this year, so it's not the um, halfway split that we're used to. So, just something to be aware of. And also, while we're on the subject of wild cards, we're going to move into a new segment this week, um, and it's on the bandwagon with Willie.
1: Yeah, um, I like that name. I think it has a ring to it. We should yep, keep that for the season. Um, yeah, so bandwagons, I mean, I think it's it's more accentu- accentuated at the start of the season when there's still not a lot of games played, not a lot of data out there, and a lot of managers, fantasy managers, are still guessing or prodding in the dark as to where they want to go and what players they want to pick up, and, and I guess bandwagons result from this. So, I mean, if we look at transfers in for uh, the moving from week one to week two, I haven't got the list uh, in front of me, unfortunately. So, that's poor on my part, prep-wise. But um, one I did notice was Patrick Bamford is um, an early bandwagon. Now, I I mean, I obviously thought Leeds actually played quite well against Liverpool. Um, Very attacking. Bamford scored a goal due to a Van Dijk mistake. Um, which was quite nice to see Van Dyke make a mistake for once. Um, so he scored a goal, and there's a lot of people getting on the Patrick Bamford bandwagon. Um, and he has, I believe, gone up in value now, so he was five, 5.5, five, he's gone up to 5.6. Um, for me, it's an absolute hard no. Patrick Bamford, uh, there's a stat that was uh, annou- announced on the eve of the Liverpool game. He's played 28, this was before he scored, on the weekend, he would played 28 games in the Premier League for four different clubs and had scored one goal. Now, that for me suggests that the guy is very much a good championship player, but he's not necessarily a good Premier League player. He's sort of in that middle ground. He can't quite make the step up. And there's no evidence at the moment to suggest otherwise. Uh, he scored one goal. We've seen in past seasons players that, have scored on the opening day and then done nothing. One springs to mind that who was that striker for um, Huddersfield the other year? Uh, What was his name? He scored on the opening. He got two goals on the opening day and then we hardly saw him again for the rest of the season. But week one, everyone. week two, sorry, everyone brought him in. I can't remember his name now. He'll come to me at at some point. I feel like Bamford could be in a similar bracket. Leeds do look good but I I just, uh, you know, I feel like it's a bandwagon. I'm not convinced there. Um, and the the other point I was going to bring up, without you know going on for too long, was uh, it's not so much a bandwagon, but it is the way people are thinking this week. After Salah's hat trick, there's a lot of people jumping on Bruno Fernandez from uh, from Salah to Fernandez. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad move, um, but There is a bit of a trend this week to get Salah out, bring United assets in if you haven't already benched one in week one, uh, so you've already got one. Um, Don't know what you guys think there, but that seems to be a bit of a trend. And again, that's, for me, a very 50-50, taking out a guy that's just scored a hat-trick for a United player. That's a great player. Um, Did very well um, once he was signed in January. But there's no guarantee. We haven't seen United yet. You know, is it worth, you know, having a week to see how United set up, how they're looking in the new season before diving on some of these players? Um, I yeah. don't know. I think I think I think a lot of people this week are very torn between making that early change to try and maybe find some value uh, or holding and making two transfers in game week three when we've got another week of. Games and data under our belt to make better decisions, um, mm. but again, you could take a gamble and it could pay off massively, especially if it's a differential. Um, a few Everton players, I think, would fall into that category as well. After the top game, the likes of Luca Dean, uh, James Rodriguez, what are we calling him at the moment? Hemi Rogers, is yeah, that right? Hemi Rogers. Yeah. Rogers, um, right. So Everton played very well against Spurs. I thought so. I think there's a lot of play at people jumping on Everton assets early. Calvert Lewin scored the goal. Um, he's actually in a very awkward price bracket for me at seven. Um, so I don't know. I'm personally I'm a bit more of a conservative manager and I'd rather hold and just have another week to assess. But I'm not ruling out a change either. But yeah, that that's I guess that's my thoughts on bandwagons early. Banford for me is the <laughs> the obvious bandwagon in week one. Yeah.
0: What do you guys think? Um, yeah, Robert, you got any thoughts there?
2: Um, yeah, not not so much on the Bamford thing. I think I like completely agree that it's just like he's been tried in the Premier League before, hasn't come off.
1: Harrison's the other one.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, just diff- just difficult to know um, how that's going to go. I think on the um, yeah on the Salah to Fernandez thing, I think that's re- like really interesting. Like you. I mean, feel inclined to like stay with the guy with the hot hand, um, at least for this week, um, unless you've got yeah this pre-planned, pre-planned move to get um, to get a guy like Fernandez in. I think, like what we've seen with the with the reclassification of um, some different players, is um, you do have a lot of options in midfield now to work through, um, and how people look to to balance their midfields out. Um, It's going to be really interesting. Like, I think maybe in the past we've seen that, you know, you've worked towards, um, you'd have maybe like two or three real like go-to midfielders that like pretty much everyone would have. Um, But I think it's it's a lot harder to see um, where that's going to come from this year, particularly when you've got like so many options in there. You can kind of like pick and mix how you're going to, um, how you're going to organise that. And I think it'll be really interesting to see um, how that plays out because you've got a lot, of, a lot of very good players in a like, similar price bracket that you're going
1: to need to make some
2: choices about.
1: Yeah, so, sorry, the other player I was going to mention, and, and he is bandwagon for week one, but he played very well. And I don't necessarily think he's a bad option as Willian as well. A lot of people have jumped on, on him after the first week. He got three assists against Fulham, 12 points. I think Rob Farmer was one of the few people I saw uh, yeah, and um, the teams Diggy, in our leagues that had William. Diggy and the
2: B League had had William mm. as well. He Paid off and, really
1: nicely. You know, he he could be a great he, he could be a great option um, throughout the season. A little bit cheaper than some of those other premiums mm. uh, that are going to do a similar job.
0: Yeah, I think.
1: Yeah, that bandwagon
0: thing it's super um, super interesting. This is a this is a time of the season where prices are so volatile as well because you've got. There's over six million players registered this year. By the time you get halfway through the season, probably about two million of the guys, aren't, those guys aren't going to be playing. Mm. So at the moment, yeah. those 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 ones who are going to fall off the wagon are some of the ones that are going to bring in someone like Patrick Bamford. But, um, mm-hmm. Williams an interesting case um, if he can stay fit for sure, but also Fulham probably going to be as bad as they were last time. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe yep. yeah. If you've got if you're looking at some options and they have got Fulham in their current coming run, definitely yep. definitely put a
1: circle around that fixture. Sorry, a, a final bandwagon shout out before I sign off on this whole piece is Newcastle. I think Jeff Hendrick is uh, a bandwagon this week as well after his goal and assist against West Ham. A terrible West Ham side for me though. Um, it doesn't necessarily say Newcastle are an amazing team all of a sudden, but I think a few people have just jumped on Jeff Hendrick as well as um, an option. So, yep.
0: Just on West Ham, something amazing that I read today is they had a win in the Carabao Cup um, with their B-team, and the front line of their B-team cost West Ham over £90 million. Ooh.
2: Um, oh, my gosh. Ooh.
0: Um, so on to... Um, Onto B teams, Robo, Do you want to give us a uh, sort of rundown of what's coming up this week in the B League? Um, okay,
2: coming up this week in the B League, um, picked out three fixtures. Um, what do you know? It's game week two, and we already have a one v two fixture. Um, so <laughs> we got um, Diggy's very Spursy taking on Jesse Farmers. Uh, what a moment! FC. Um, real chance for like both these teams to um, stamp their mark. Um, you know, whichever one, um, whoever wins there is probably going to go top of the league. Um, start looking very strong early on, so both managers will want that. Um, other, another fixture I picked out: um, Matt Ryan's Harcourt Honey Badgers versus Ben Invincibles. Invincibles. Um, those two uh, have a bit of history. Um, love the banter. Um, yeah, it'd be I think for both of them, um, if they're going to get out of mid-table mediocrity. Um, they probably need to try and start off uh, strong. So, yeah, big one for them. Um, and then the final one that I've picked out is um, Callum Campbell's Mangaraki Town. Uh, I was playing Jess Garnett's Jessie G FC. Um, so, um, Jess, um, after a very impressive um, first season in the Maifa Leagues, um, she lost last week, um, as did Callum. So, both of them will be, um, yeah, looking to get themselves off the mark. Um, so big one there as well, I think.
0: Awesome. And um, turning to the Super League, Wilson, you got anything good coming up
1: for us? Yeah, I mean, we like to, word on the street in the Super League is every game's a big game, <laughs> Super League every week. Um, but no, uh, the one that sticks out for me uh, on first look is, is Austin, um, who of course is top Uh, After week one, again, tops a a loose term after week one with eight, sorry, nine other teams on three points. But he takes on Grant Rewi uh, and Baller United. So two traditionally very strong teams. Um, Both likes to have a chirp as well um, about how good they are. Um, And Austin, obviously, a three-time former winner. So uh, he will be looking to consolidate there. Grant will looking to be getting his second win, so I think that's quite a big match-up. Both, both have started strong. Um, probably your match-up, You against Rob Farmer. Obviously, you guys are good mates from, from your London days, so might be a bit of chat between you two this weekend. Rob picked up a win. Uh, you, of course, lost your game, so you'll be looking to bounce back there. Um, and one final game, I will... Plug. I'm going to go for, Actually I'm going to go for myself here Against Mark Don't um, pick us, yourself in the games of the week <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark lost and I won In week one but um, Mark traditionally Has very different teams um, Year on year very interesting Picks and we've played Fantasy football against each other for A good 15 years so there's, there's a lot of history there And I'll be looking to do him over so yeah, those those would be the three That I would pick out For week nice. two And I won't pick myself again, I promise For the rest of the season
0: And um, so just Looking at the time And um, thanks very much for that, lads So just looking at the time, just want to Quickly wrap things up So I've picked out um, two games of the round In the Premier League this round The first one obviously is Liverpool Visiting Chelsea at Stamford Bridge Um I think it could be quite an interesting one. Liverpool love that high line, and um, Chelsea have uh, a super fast striker who loves the counter attack and Timo Werner. Um, so that could be quite exciting, quite high scoring, because Chelsea have shown that they're carrying on their can't defend for fuck routine. Um, and so Wilson, how do you how do you see that one going?
1: Yeah, well, of course. We, we assume Vern is going to play. He did have that bang on his, I think, his knee at the end of the Brighton game. He has ice on it, but I think I think it was just precautionary. Um, yeah, I I can't see. People have said this uh, over the last twenty four hours on other sort of platforms that it's going to be a cagey fair. I I just don't see it being that way. Liverpool's defense hasn't been that great uh, recently. <laughs> And as much as I'm sure it will improve over, I just I can see them conceding based on Chelsea's attack, especially if Zajic or Pulisic come back. Um, I think Chelsea will look even stronger, but as you said, Chelsea's defence has not been great at all, and you can quite comfortably see Liverpool scoring a couple of goals there. Um, if you want a prediction, I'm going to say Liverpool.
2: Nice, Robo yeah um probably just back the shout that it's probably just goals 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 there I think um yeah could definitely see a, a three-all or, um, or something along those lines um yeah. the team defending being completely optional um and let those let some of those attackers <laughs> yeah. let some of those attackers run right I reckon. um but yeah it should be very very inter- interesting I guess gauge game for both teams just to see like where they're setting um yeah heading into the rest of the season
1: and Chelsea have been terrible at set pieces as well in the past. And, uh, you know, might see a Van Dyke header again, potentially.
0: Yeah, and um, just quickly before we go, um, there's also another fantasy relevant game is Wolves hosting Man City Tuesday morning, New Zealand time. Um, there'll be some City players making some way into some, their way into some of the teams, but Wolves are a stiff opposition. So keep an eye out on that one. So, yeah. So we're going to call it a night here. Um, Once again, um, thanks very much to my guests, uh, Maddie Wilson and Robo, for joining us here on the podcast. And um, from all us us here at Myfor Productions, um, good luck and good fantasy. Good luck, everyone. Yeah. See ya.